Hello, and welcome to the Girls Fuel podcast. My name is Haley. I'm a registered dietitian and nutrition coach here to help you along your health and fitness journey with evidence and experience-based knowledge and full transparency. So today's topic is something that I've been really excited to talk about because gut health is one of my favorite things in the whole world to talk about. We are going to dive into probiotics. Do you need one? Who should take one? Who shouldn't take one? Um, What types are out there and the different uses for them? So let me, you know, start this off by saying not everybody needs a probiotic. Probiotics are probably one of the most common we overprescribed and overuse supplements out there. And I get why. There are tons of health benefits to probiotics. They help with a lot of different things. And we're going to talk about what those benefits are in a minute. Um, But I feel like one of the most common things that I see is clients coming to me and saying, well, you know, I was having XYZ symptom. I was constipated. I was having diarrhea. Um, I was feeling off. I just wanted to be healthy. So I started taking a probiotic. And for most people that are having GI symptoms, this is great because the only time that I'll really use a probiotic with a client is if they are having symptoms, right? If they're coming to me with some GI upset, if they're if they're struggling with their vaginal or urinary health, so something like, you know, yeast infections, frequent UTIs, itching of the vaginal area or the anal cavity, which Again, I said full transparency, there's no TMI here, we're going to cover it all. But in somebody that is otherwise healthy and not really having any GI symptoms, I don't recommend a probiotic because it's very likely that their gut, their gut microbiome is flourishing on its own. Because most of these probiotics that we're going to talk about, most of the different um, species and strains are produced within the gut, right? They're produced from the food that we eat. Different parts of your intestine, especially your large intestine, break down the food and are able to produce these these probiotics that keep your microbiome healthy and balanced. However, probiotics have tons of benefits in certain populations. So some of the benefits of probiotics, obviously the biggest one is going to be gut health. So if you're struggling with symptoms, more often than not, I will recommend a probiotic, but we have to be very careful which strain of probiotic we start taking for our GI symptoms. And I'm going to get to that in a second, but taking up the right probiotic for what's going on with you is going to be really helpful for your gut to better absorb nutrients. It's going to reduce inflammation. It's going to increase the health of just your overall intestinal lining around your organs. And probiotics can also inhibit the growth of bad bacteria, viruses, and other pathogens in the GI tract. So love probiotics when somebody is having a GI issue. Probiotics, in addition to benefiting our gut, they will also help improve our immune system. And we've talked about this before on here, 60% of our immune function lies in our gut, right? If your gut is off, odds are a lot of other things are going to be influenced down or upstream. So immune function is, is another benefit of taking a probiotic, vaginal and urinary health. So if somebody is having a lot of UTIs or yeast infections, or even just vaginal itching, that can be a sign of dysbiosis. So dysregulation of the good and bad bacteria in their GI tract, and it may be that they need some extra probiotic support. Probiotics can also be be really beneficial for our oral health because a lot of bacteria lives in our mouth. And if we do have any bacterial infections throughout our GI tract, throughout our body, 
odds are there's something going on in our mouth. Um, so there, there's a lot of research to show that probiotics can be beneficial for prevention of dental cavities and maintenance of better oral hygiene. Same with skin. You know, if, if you're having a skin-related issue, it's possible that it's stemming from the gut, right? I've talked about this on here as well in the past, but when I had um, a candida infection in my GI tract, which is basically a yeast overgrowth in my gut, I also had a skin presentation of it, right? I had rashes. I was always super itchy, like seasonal allergies all year round style of itchy. Um, and taking a probiotic was really helpful with that. There are some cases where probiotics can also help with our brain health, improve our mood, improve our attention span and improve our memory. So there are clearly tons of benefits of probiotics. So I hope that you leave this episode understanding what those benefits are, what the different strains of probiotics are, the different species, and when you might want to use one. And I will just, you know, stop here for a second and say this is not medical advice. If you are someone that is immunocompromised, um, if you feel like you're sick a lot, I would definitely consult your doctor or we can have a more in-depth chat as a registered dietitian about what's going on. But Otherwise, you know, let's dive into some of the most commonly used strains that I see out there. The first one that I want to talk about is the lactobacillus bifido blend. This is probably the most common type of probiotic to use. Um, and, you know, basically, if you were to go on Amazon and search probiotic, the lactobifido is what is going to come up, right? Lactobifido has a ton of different species and strains. So those probiotics are more of a blend, right? Where we see multiple different bacteria from both the bifido and the lactobacillus families in, in the probiotic. And there are tons of, of benefits to taking these probiotics. They're really important for immune regulation. They may help reduce diarrhea, especially if it is associated with antibiotic use. They're useful in the treatment of IBS and especially helpful in a post-kill-off protocol. So after an antimicrobial treatment, after antibiotics, once we know that the infection has cleared. However, the issue with lactobifido blends is that they are too overused. And if you do have a bacterial infection, a bacterial overgrowth, like SIBO, for example, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, taking a lactobifido blend could make things a lot worse for you. Because when the bac when bacteria is present in your small intestine, they're usually the lactobifido species, right? Those, those two different species. And the majority of probiotics contain these. So when you have that overgrowth, the overabundance in your gut of these specific types of probiotics, that can increase the bacteria in your small intestine and essentially just fuel the fire and lead to greater fermentation of this bad bacteria that we do not want, right? So when I have a client that, you know, maybe we do GI map testing, maybe we just suspect that they're having some overgrowth or bacterial infection symptoms in their gut, we will stay far, far away from the lactobifido blend, but we will keep it we will keep it in our in our in our mind for when we get past that overgrowth. Once we kill the infection, we need these lactobifidal blends to repopulate the good guys in our small intestine, right? Because both bifido and lactobacillus are produced 
and colonized in the intestines. Um, they can be really helpful for lactose digestion. So if somebody is lactose intolerant and they don't have any signs of infection, using a lactobifidal blend could be really helpful. I already mentioned diarrhea, and they can also, you know, support your gut after antibiotic use. So if you have questions about if you should take this type of probiotic, feel free to reach out about that. The next one we'll talk about is probably my favorite probiotic just because it has so many different uses, and that is Saccharomyces boulardii. Fun name, mouthful. But Sac boulardii is one of the most studied probiotics, mainly for its use in different GI disorders because it's able to survive in harsh conditions. So high temperatures, low pHs, irregular stomach acid. So with people that have acid reflux, it can be really helpful. People that have bacterial infections like H. pylori, like SIBO, it can be really helpful because it has a key role in boosting immune function. It can reduce IBS and IBD-like symptoms and help restore gut balance while we're on antibiotics or antimicrobial herbs for killing off an infection, right? Because of its ability to survive those harsh conditions. It has antifungal and antimicrobial impact, meaning if you do have a little bit of an overgrowth, it may help to balance that out. Um, however, again, you know, it should be avoided in immunocompromised or critically ill people. Um, so again, Saccularity is one of my favorite, just be favorites just because it is very versatile. It is one of the first probiotics that I will start someone on when we suspect a GI issue because of its slight antimicrobial and antifungal properties, as well as its ability to, um, you know, regulate digestive and immune health. A lot of times when we see poor digestive health, we also see poor immune function. And that can be true even if you don't get sick a lot. For example, I really rarely get sick and I'm going to knock on some wood right now. But when I was doing all my different GI map tests um, to assess my gut function, even when my gut was healed, my secretory IgA, which is a marker of mucosal immune function, was pretty low. So I supported my gut and I do this with my clients before we do the kill off herbs, before we do antibiotics, and for a little while after, before we add in that more diverse blend. And I'll get to what that may be in a second. So the next one that we'll talk about is spore-based bacteria or bacillus genus. Um, so spore-based, just like they sound, they are typically found in soil. They're also found in the air, water, some and some fermented foods. And they can also naturally occur in the GI tract. Because of the way our food is processed, they're not as present in, you know, in foods as they maybe once were. Um but spore-based probiotics are another one of my favorites because they're also able to survive in harsh conditions similar to Saccharomyces without furthering any overgrowth, right? So like we talked about, if you can picture it with me, I'm very visual. So I'm going to pretend that you're here and give you a visual. So in your gut, especially your small and large intestine, we have all of our bacteria, good and bad. They all exist together and in most people, they don't cause an issue. But once we start having symptoms, and this often stems from constipation, where we're not pooping, and that bacteria is not leaving the intestines, it's sitting there, and it's colonizing, and it's fermenting, and gases are being given off. So we're bloated, we have gas, we have, obviously, a constipation, and then that bad bacteria starts to overgrow, right? 
So like I already mentioned with the lactobacillus, it is great. But if you have that bacterial overgrowth or symptoms of that bacterial overgrowth, that could make everything worse. And you'll usually know right away, right? If you take a probiotic and within a couple of hours, you feel really sick, you feel nauseous, you have instant diarrhea or anything like that, that could be a sign like, hey, you should not be taking this type of probiotic. And Bacterial infection or not, everybody responds differently. So we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but back to our spore-based bacteria. So spore-based, just like the Saccularity, they can survive in harsh conditions without furthering an overgrowth. There's actually research to show that they have strong antimicrobial benefits and should be used during SIBO protocols. They'll support gut immune function. They help with regulation of gut microbiome, they have anti-inflammatory benefits, and they can also pro provide assistance in the production of vitamins. I don't know if you know this, this might be another fun fact, but a lot, a couple key nutrients, vitamins, are synthesized in the intestine from the food that you digest, from the bacteria that is in there. So this is where when we see people with vitamin and mineral deficiencies, we look at the gut first, because that means that they're not properly absorbing creating and breaking down the food to create, to create their own bacteria um, and absorb it. So spore-based bacteria research has shown that in the intestines, it can help with the synthesis of B vitamins and vitamin K, as well as secretion of digestive enzymes from the pancreas. So with spore-based bacteria, I use these a lot in practice as well, very similar to Sacbulardi. I would say the main difference in when I would use Sacculardi versus when I would use a spore base kind of depends on the person's symptoms. If the if you tell me, you know, you do feel like you get sick a lot um, and you struggle, you struggle with a lot of symptoms revolving an immune reaction or a histamine reaction, I might hold off on using the spore based one in the beginning, just because again, you know, if we have any type of immunocompromised state, our body may not be able to properly utilize those probiotic strains. But in most cases, they are super, super safe for for general use. Same with the Sacculardi, you know, um, there are very few cases where taking either of these will will be harmful. Um, there are a lot of, you know, claims, or I would say research that shows that when we are taking a spore based bacteria, we will also see improvements in symptoms such as constipation and diarrhea. So I will use these a lot throughout, you know, kill off phases, when somebody is having um, SIBO, when they're having H. pylori, and also depending on symptoms, I will use these and or Sacculardi before and after coming out of a kill off. So before I dive into the last one, um, the last one's L. Ruteri. This one's not, you know, as commonly used, I would say. Um, it's another one that can be naturally occurring in the GI tract, the urinary system. It can also be found in breast milk, which, you know, helps the baby develop its innate immunity, helps the baby develop its its diversity in, in their microbiome. Um, this is another really great one. It has antimicrobial benefits and it can also protect against yeast or candida infections of the vagina and also the gut. Um, I use this one in special cases of H. pylori. Again, you know, it's going to be very, very symptom dependent. 
And this is another one that's generally considered pretty safe. It will usually not worsen a bacterial overgrowth. So I hope the biggest thing, you know, that you take from this is if you are having GI symptoms that possibly mirror a bacterial overgrowth or a SIBO and basically what that can look like, and it's, it's going to depend person to person, um, bloating and either constipation and or diarrhea are going to be common. Um, I have a lot of clients that will have constipation and then almost like a rebound diarrhea with SIBO. Um, Indigestion can be a common one more so like in the tummy, just like a burning sensation, not necessarily um, acid reflux, lethargy, so low energy, brain fog, because you know, you're not absorbing your food properly. Um, Those are, those are probably some of the bigger ones as far as SIBO goes. In H. pylori, that's going to be pretty similar. You know, abdominal discomfort or pain, diarrhea is pretty common with H. pylori, but I've also seen um, constipation, bloating, and abdominal distension. So like distension is different than bloating. Bloating is kind of like, okay, you know, I ate and my belly is a little bit more, a little bit more filled out, a little more puffed out. But with distension, if you've ever had distension, you know what I mean. It's like, I'm six months pregnant. This is hard as a rock. This is uncomfortable. There may be gas associated with it. So those are some signs that, you know, if you have these symptoms, you may not want to take a lacto bifido blend. You may want to stay closer to a saccularity or a spore-based bacteria um, with your probiotic. And again, you know, I'm happy to recommend them if you want to tell me more about what is going on. But with that, you know, which one you choose will depend on your symptoms. Again, like I said before, I don't think everybody needs a probiotic. I would really evaluate where you're at, what your symptoms are. If you don't have any, what is your diet like? Diet variety is going to be the best way to get probiotics and prebiotics into your system. If you aren't dealing with any state of infection, add fermented foods. If you do have a SIBO or an H. pylori, we are going to want to stay away from fermented foods because, again, they are going to possibly contribute to that lactobifido. They're going to contribute to that overgrowth that we don't want. And in, in a lot of cases, you know, if, you know, you have symptoms, maybe you try a probiotic. I've seen a lot of people feel better for a couple of weeks, maybe even a couple of months, but then kind of be back to square one. If that's where you're at, that's where working with a professional or getting a GI map stool test or doing both could be really helpful. So that way, you know exactly what is causing your symptoms and what to do about it. So you you can stop spending um, hundreds of dollars on different supplements and probiotics, because I know that I have been there as well. And then a lot of it is going to be trial and error, right? And this is what I tell my clients too. I'm like, hey, this is what I recommend based on what we're seeing. I have had clients in similar situations. I've had clients with similar infections as you respond beautifully to these probiotics, but everybody is going to be really different. So understanding that you may have symptoms of not tolerating them well, and basically what that would look like. And I would recommend keeping the, unless you have symptoms that are like, oh my God, this is horrible. This is interrupting my life. I might need to go to the doctor. I would recommend keeping them in for at least a week, just so that way you can see, is this from the probiotic or is this just what my gut is doing right now? Um, But some symptoms of not tolerating it would be your constipation or diarrhea not improving. Gas, discomfort, like I said earlier, um, instant diarrhea, like an hour or two after taking the probiotic. But one other thing that I will say before I wrap this up is probiotics usually don't work on their own, right? I would say... 90% of the time I have a client come to me 
with GI symptoms, they will need a little bit more than a probiotic to get things regular again. And I don't mean a, a GI map test. I don't mean a supplement protocol. I just mean they'll need to make some changes to their diet. They'll need to make some changes to their routine, to their lifestyle, maybe stress management to get things moving regularly and to get them feeling more comfortable again. So I hope that this was helpful to outline, you know, the benefits of probiotics, when they might be helpful, when they might be hurtful. Um, if you have any questions on this topic, please shoot me a DM. I love talking about this stuff. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend, subscribe. If you share it on Instagram, tag me so that I can see you. And thank you so much for hanging out with me.